0: Welcome to All Roads 65 Max Radio, where the road ahead gets brighter as we journey toward truth, traveling through our dreams and inspiration into a new reality. It's time, and your ticket is waiting. All aboard All Roads Lead 65 Max with Pamela Henderson.
1: Greetings. Thank you for joining me on BBS Radio, All Road 65 Max. I am your host, Pamela L. Henderson. My focus is my mission statement, to help create a quality of life through social growth, inspiring jewels to become leaders by establishing partnerships with corporations, nonprofits, donors, sponsors, volunteers, the community, and abroad. Please join me every other Tuesday at noon on BBS Radio, all roads, 65 Max Radio. My special guest today is Mr. Rick DeLarada, who is a multi-instrumentalist, pianist, composer, and founder of Jazz for Peace. Rick is now considered by many to be one of the finest singer-pianists performing today and one of only a handful of jazz artists who can make a successful musical presentation to a large audience without having to abandon the true art form of jazz. Through his lifelong endeavor to helping to advance people to their highest potential, through the understanding of jazz as well as spreading peace worldwide, through his Jazz for Peace World Tour. Rick is a innovator and a visionary. Finally, thank you for this interview, Chance Rick, and welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: <laughs> yeah, so how are you doing?
2: Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, you know, no complaints so far today. It's been pretty good, pretty smooth.
1: Really? So where where you live? Where are you located?
2: I'm in New York City, right? In the middle of New York oh, City. Oh,
1: okay. Okay. You're right. We're all the chaos.
2: <laughs> I really am. Uh, it's, uh, you know, I used to live uh, in the Lower East. I've lived on the Upper West Side, which is right across the street from Central Park, on Central okay. Park West. I've lived down in the Lower East Side, Wow, um, which is the East Village, which is kind of groovy, you know. It's kind of hip and groovy, and I, I loved it there. But right now, I'm uh, literally... Looking, you know, my balcony looks down at 42nd Street and I'm right on the corner of Times Square and Hell's Kitchen. Hell's Kitchen is the neighborhood just to the west of uh, Times Square. And so it's uh, it's uh, kind of a vibrant neighborhood. The nightlife keeps getting, you know, more enchanted and wild over here. So it it is it's a a hustle and a bustle. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, I have a lot of questions. I am absolutely intrigued with you 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 are very inspiring I must say and again thank you so much so I'm going to get right to it okay what was your favorite experience with music
2: favorite experience with music well that's similar to a question people ask me you know What's the greatest place you played? What's the most amazing thing you played? And, you know, my answer to that is is always basically for me, to be honest with you, one thing that I've gotten a little bit addicted to with Jazz for Peace is the idea that when I perform now, most of my performances uh, pretty much, and when they're, every time I'm with Jazz for Peace, I'm helping an outstanding cause. So, one, I feel an inner strength of that. I'm, I'm, my music is making... The world better with each note I play, you know, in in this event, because I'm, we've done all this work to uh, present this for the benefit of an outstanding cause. So one is the idea of making the world better. But the second one is really the magic of the moment. So, you know, I, I, I've told a story once where, you know, I've played in, I've played in, you know, the biggest, there's actually an NFT called Greatest 50 Venues. Performed by Rick Della It's an NFT. And you can see, you know, the fifth, there's 52 venues listed, big giant places, you know, uh, the Great Hall of Culture in uh, Helsinki, <laughs> Finland, all these places. But, you know, uh, one story I tell is how I, I went to play for uh, an Indian, the American Indians in um, Las Cruces, New Mexico. Just one of, you know, uh, just as an example. And here we were in this little place. Uh, Nothing, you know, nothing extravagant and luxurious about it, except the magic of the people, you know, just when and so, you know, I love to have a wonderful hall, a wonderful piano, a wonderful setting, but I also really love the magic that the people bring to it. And when, you know, those rare moments where you just feel that vibrancy and the actual people there. So those are probably, that's probably the greatest thing for me is to feel the magic of the moment of the people that I'm playing for. And it could be anywhere and it could be any place. It could be in the greatest hall in the world, but it could also be in a teepee. You know what I mean? Right.
1: (laughs) So that was my next question is who inspires you?
2: You know, nowadays I used to be I, I normally I would say great musicians which they still do and they always will. You know, you have your people like, you know, I mean from Chopin, you know, to Thelonious Monk, to John Coltrane, you know, to Chick Corea, Herbie Hancock who wrote an incredible letter once to Jazz for Peace and really just knocked my socks off with his uh willingness to support my activities. But anyway, um, you know, what happened to me was I um I gave an interview shortly after 9-11 when I I ended up with a poem. So I had the Jazz for Peace poem, and I recited the poem in Savannah, Georgia. I'm not sure where you guys are. Where where are you guys located?
1: I'm in California.
2: California.
1: Yeah, San Francisco, but on the East
2: Bay. Gotcha. Wow. Well, I have great stories from California. Probably not (laughs) today, but I can tell you great stories about San Francisco and even the whole state of California. But anyway, um, so I read a poem. I uh recited the poem to a reporter who had contacted me for a high profile concert i had coming up he'd heard about that and then in that tape recorded conversation for him to do his article i just happened to say off the top of my head uh you know what you know when we fill our souls up with creativity and artistry and humanity and intellectuality our greatest you know our, our greatest uh, compliments as a species we have a better chance to avoid the behavior that leads to destruction well that sentence ended up in famous quotes websites all it just got lifted i had nothing i know i it was, it was like i couldn't believe what i was seeing i mean i found about it years later you know i'd be looking for something on google and i'd see someone who listed their 50 greatest quotes and i was on it. so anyway going to those websites that led me to read the quotes of so many amazing people. And, you know, I have to say, I'm as, I'm as inspired by a Martin Luther King or a, you know, a Nikola Tesla or a um, Dostoevsky, you know, a great, I'm as inspired. So now uh, I really have to include anyone who has aspired to and achieved greatness in any form.
1: Wow. That is so true. You spoke about, your greatest accomplishment and how that accomplishment can benefit someone today can you explain that a little bit
2: sure so you know uh my greatest accomplishment really was um merging the great american art form of jazz which is our country's greatest compliment to the world uh in terms of you know my um m- my um talents in that field with a fundraising model and the fundraising model, which I developed is called an empowerment tree. And I really developed it simply because I at one time had to put on my own jazz festival to launch my own record and band so that we could tour and we could, you know, perform. And in doing that, I had to myself come to the conclusion that it's not just money that you need. I was an outstanding cause myself trying to launch this thing. And I, and, and I had to come to the conclusion myself that it's not only money that you need. And it's a big mistake that we're making in reality in, uh, you know, on the news and all thinking that we can throw money at the problem and solve it with just money alone. But, you know, outstanding causes are many components that need to be. Uh, need a helpful step forward. They're under publicized, so we have to make you a more publicized organization. They're n- under sponsored, so we have to make you a better sponsored organization. Right. They need more friends because they often have like a board and they have a few people, but what they don't have is uh, an expanding donor base, an expanding, you know, um, uh, gr- Spa, um, support base so we want to expand their support base we want to expand their donor base they're also under publicized so we need to get publicity and awareness and they also need new and prestigious supporters which you know as part of our as we grow each branch of the empowerment tree the tree becomes strong enough for it to go after this to go after that and when you get a really powerful event like we try to create for every organization, now you get to the point where you can approach a prestigious supporter and they'll take a look at what you're doing and say, wow, not only is this a great cause, but it's, you know, it it's behooving of me to associate myself with this outstanding cause. And it's a cause that I believe in. We try to match the cause with the person's, you know, um what we call passion you know right some some certain people are passionate about certain things and we try to find anyway you match that all up with the fundraising techniques that we share with each organization and now we have something that is my greatest achievement which is jazz for peace that you can benefit from today simply by watching your podcast if you're watching it now gathering the information from your questions that you learn about Jazz for Peace and sending an email to info at jazzforpeace.org with whatever you want to say, your own honest opinion. Now you can look at other stuff too. You can visit our website, watch little videos like how to get a grant in three and a half minutes. You know, we have a video. It only takes you three minutes. So in a little bit of time, you can learn enough about Jazz for Peace to say whatever you want to us by email. That little comment is the seedling As we grow your empowerment tree. And I know empowerment is a big word for you because it's in your title.
1: Absolutely. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, I know we spoke a little bit about it, but I'm going to ask you again because you're, you know, it's at such as myself. I love what I do. Mm -hmm. And when I get up in the morning, I'm excited about what I do on how I can help bring peace to someone or how i can help someone whom needs peace. So how did you get off into jazz? What made you choose jazz as the form to help others through peace?
2: Well, you know, what happened with me was uh i started with the piano because i was a little kid i was trying to catch santa claus on christmas eve without my parents finding out and i was able to stay up late enough at just barely keeping my eyes open to see a big something big coming in the front door and a large heavy set man in the back moving it. And without wanting to get caught by my parents, I figured that's enough. Let me cut my losses so they don't catch me because they'll be very upset and I'll go to sleep. Now I know there's something down there that Santa brought in and tomorrow I'll figure it out. So I started trying to figure out the piano by myself as, a, as someone. So basically I started out improvising I started by playing and listening and just trying to make a connection with the sound and all of that and then I started studying and as you know things evolved I started to realize that you know uh as I develop as a musician and I play all styles of music there's this one art form that I can't leave behind I can't skip over it I can't skip around it um you know I can't get by around you know I can't you know what I mean it's like I'm stuck this is something that is really like um, holding me to my curiosity, and that was the art form of jazz. And when it came time for, the when the poem came out of me and the famous quote that you heard, you know, what better uh, music that embodies all of those qualities that I said in my famous quote. I mean, in the art right. form of jazz, now you might not find them in every form of music, but you will find creativity in the art form of jazz you'll find spontaneity you'll find you know all of these things humanity you'll find um, you know passion all of these great um, things that I said that is now a famous quote you will find in the art form of jazz and that's why it breaks barriers and reaches people of any Creed shape form uh you know it, it'll just um, it breaks through any all barriers that are holding us back. The, right, the music, the arts, and culture, and jazz will do it. It'll break through.
1: Yes, I do totally. agree. Unite people. <laughs> yeah, that you. You are absolutely right about that. Do you have any, or do you have a, a, a regret in in the business of jazz, doing jazz, or performing jazz?
2: Um, you know, I think the only regret maybe that I have is just. Um, not being able to uh you know some of the things some of the things you learn uh maybe i wish i could you wish you could learn them sooner you know right. mm-hmm. but one thing that i found is that for me there's all kinds of things that will go on you know any time at any moment i'll see something and say gee i wish i could be a part of that but then i always have to ask myself but would you have sacrificed would you give up you know all the time and effort that you put in to bring Jazz for Peace to Rwanda, Africa, to bring the world back from that genocide, you know, would you sacrifice all the, t- the time that you spent to, to go to, uh, you know, Pakistan and do something that no one's ever done? Would you sacrifice that for all the t- for the time that you put into the United Nations event that brought you know Israeli Palestinian, would you sacrifice it for the benefit concert series? And at the, at the end of the day, I said mm, I wouldn't trade anything for it. So you know I would love to have. There's probably something about you that I'm envious of, <laughs> but I wouldn't trade my. Well, I would. And so if you wouldn't trade anything for it, then I have no right to complain. That's the way I look at it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I do agree. Because when, like I said, when you are passionate about your creativity and when you're innovators such as you, there's nothing that can break that pattern, you know, nothing. So, I mean, that's beautiful. Tell me about some of the music you created. What do you have any, what is your latest song that
2: came out? Any music? Well, the the music that I'm creating these days and I'm going to do it going to be doing it for you, it's mm-hmm. an absolutely free improvisation. It's completely made up. I don't even know what it's going to be. It's completely new for from every single show. And I call the piece Free J A. Now, that stems from a um, an era in the 1960s that was right here in New York where musicians started doing free improvisations. They would just, you know, freely improvise. And they had, it was called the loft jazz scene. And they would take these places that were like singer sewing, uh, you know, industrial little places that there's no, nobody needs a sewing machine anymore. So they were like emptied and they would hold their own concerts and they would free, they called it free jazz. I ended up in Haiti one day doing a concert in Haiti and it was very another very exciting another story we could spend all day on <laughs> and um and i had someone from Haiti a few days ago and he wanted to hear the whole story so if you, you check out his podcast when that comes out for the Haiti Okay story. But anyway <laughs> i get there and there's a big sign and the mm-hmm. sign says welcome jazz for peace j a s s mm. because that's the real spelling of jazz i had seen Is that it? It's the real – I saw it once before when I was a kid because I had a friend of mine. I went to school with him. He he was into the traditional New Orleans jazz, the very first jazz that was ever done, you know, that was ever evolved out of New Orleans. And he called himself the Bourbon Street Jazz Band, J-A-S-S. And I saw that. And this guy was a stickler for everything had to be authentic with him. You know what I mean? He was one of those guys, you know. And so he, he called and I contacted him and I said, John, what the heck? I'm in Haiti. You know, I just got back from Haiti and you got to see this video. Look at it. And I said, the only place is you. He said, yeah, that's because it's a Creole word. And they yeah. had it right; It's a Creole word because uh, these people came from Ghana, where I've also been, to Haiti, from Haiti to New Orleans. And they were the ones hearing the music as it was evolving, you know, as they were evolving with Louis Armstrong and those people, and they called it jazz. And then we took it, spelled the J's. So now I took the Z's off because it's misspelled, and then I took the S's off too because nobody knows it's spelled, the true, real spelling of jazz. Now I had free J-A, which resonates with jazz for peace because we stand for things like freedom of speech is a big thing that we don't want to lose okay. our better. Another thing that's very important that we uh, that we think is very important is the rights of journalists to report on what they see. Because we believe if you punish a journalist for reporting what he sees, then that atrocity is going to happen over and over again because people are going to say, hey, what the heck? They're not going to report on it, so let's do it again. And yeah. then we get to things like the bombing of innocent civilians. And I don't want anybody bombing children you know, what do children have to do with these uh, governments fighting with each other? You know, they spend all this money on bombs and then they bomb a kid, you know, right. what I mean? a, a, a yeah. civilian after they spend all of our money on it, too. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. we so now I can call it free J.A. And we're up to our 90 something performance. And when we got to the 36 performance, uh, the New York Times, which is right across the street from me, I'm glad I no longer have a beef with them. They came on and joined us and said, journalism is not a crime. Uh, We also stand for this movement. And of course, there's so many other people standing for it uh, from, you know, I don't know, so many names, uh, Tulsi Gabbard, Rand Paul, you know, Noam Chomsky. I mean, the list is on and on. And they're all wonderful, fantastic people. And so I'm glad to be a part of that. So these are free improvisations. And what they do is they bring out the music of me now in the present. Because when I improvise now, you could hear something that came from Chaka Africa, an experience. You know, you don't know my experience. That all of my experiences combined are available to come through in this in the short little performance that I do on every podcast.
1: Wow! So you really have you been across the world? I assume you've well, just been performing all over the place.
2: Yeah, like I I just mentioned uh, Africa. I've been there nine times. Okay, just to Africa. Just Africa? Just Africa. We've done over 850 concerts for the world's most outstanding causes. Like I said, tons of them in the state of California, like all over California, you know, whether it was San Diego to Napa, you know, we've done stuff. And, you know, numerous events in San Francisco. We had the Jazz for Peace big band in San Francisco. We were in San Ramon. That's not too far, right? Yeah,
1: that's up the street. I got to
2: tell you something. I was in a cab in upstate New York, a little town, and I'm in a cab. And, you know, I'm in the point right now where I'll ask somebody, where are you from? Because nine times out of 10, I've been there or I can relate to them or I had something right. And the guy said, driving the cab, he said, Afghanistan. Mm. I said, no, I've never been to Afghanistan. But I am, I was on the co I was co- on the co-building of the first ever Afghan uh, United States concert that United Afghanis and Americans jazz for peace event took place in San Ramon Wow Africa. and there's a poster of it like up here because our whole the whole office is covered with posters no more room but it's we got the <laughs> if you made it on there you're there we're not removing it. right yeah knew so anyway um the cut the, the ice that he said, Well, what was the name of the artist that you performed with? I said, His name is uh, it's on that poster, but I just can't see it. Something Naftal, something Naftali, whatever. I remembered the name at the time. I told him the name, right? He almost went off the road. He's like, That's my favorite artist. You performed my better man. Let me keep your eye on the road there, but holy right. yeah, <laughs> we were swerving all over the place. I mean, he just couldn't believe. That I played a concert because that was for him. That's like Michael Jackson, you know. Right. Yeah. But I was on a double bill with this guy, and uh-huh. it was a wild event. And I'll tell you something: no one's been because if you if you're on a double bill with an Afghanistan artist, musical artist, you will never forget it because that music is. I mean, I played. I've been, you know, I've I've heard music different than um, our music, but wow, that's really that music is from a whole nother, Almost seems like it's from a whole nother galaxy. It's very really? different from, yes, the music was so different from, I mean, it, you couldn't night and day. I mean, I, I, I was, I wasn't sure how they could listen to our music if that's what they think is normal and how we could, you know, my audience could hear their music. So right. I, I really applauded both audiences for sitting through each other's music because they're so foreign and it was really? quite an experience. Yeah. And they're in, they were jazz too? no. They were their own Afghanistan music. Music. Okay. Okay. Because I'm like, really? Yes. He's... uh, Let me just get his name quick. One second. Oh, shit. Um... So, his name is Najim Nawabi.
1: Okay.
2: That's his name. Najim Nawabi. I don't think it means anything, but... That's his name, Najim Nawabi. And if you ever hear his music, wow, it is uh, an experience.
1: Wow. Yeah. So my next question is, because you you like to help others, mm-hmm. and that is very important, and I appreciate that. So, Rick, if someone is going to work with you, what is important that they should know? And what might not be immediately... Obvious to that person, whom is coming in, because you know sometimes a person comes in and they just because they think they know something, then they're not ready for reality.
2: Right. So I think you know the 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 most the most fascinating thing about Jesup is a, a lot of people think the opposite. So most people think all I have to do is tell them about me, and then they'll mm-hmm. fall in love with what we do, and they'll be able to help us. But it's the complete opposite. The more you know about us, the better we can help you. So that's how it works. Because you have to realize we're growing an empowerment tree together. So we're trying to make you guys more publicized, better funded, better all that stuff. You know what I mean? So the more right. you know about what we can do for you, the more, the better. the The more we can help you. So uh, what we want people to understand is that. You know, we are something, we are an opportunity for everyone to participate in being the change that they want to see in the world. And uh, by learning about Jazz for Peace, that brings you into the position where we can really help you.
1: So my next question to you then is, what is jazz and the power of positive thinking when you are creating jazz?
2: You know, when I create jazz, what I do is something that I found you can actually transfer into life. And you'll see people that are, you know, involved in meditation and healing doing the same thing. I'm really trying to make a connection with, you know, a universe, a higher power, something that is greater than, you know, just me, myself. And I'm trying to get the music to really to flow through me. So a lot of a lot of podcasts have content contacted me that are paranormal, transcendent, you know, those kinds of things, because they want to get into the how the mindset works of, you know, doing that, Uh, because I think, you know, in our lives, we're so in touch with basic subliminal messages coming from multinational companies that we don't realize that, you know, a turtle has 13 little squares on its back. Because there are really 13 months of the year, exactly 28 days long. So we don't hmm. know that because he's in touch. He's not, he he's not watching any toothpaste commercials whatsoever. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's just out there with the universe and he's growing these, you know, things <laughs> that are, that are, you know what I mean? He's in harmony. So I'm trying to, uh, allow music to flow through me um and uh you know that's where that's what that connection it's almost like um I feel like you know all of my journey to this point has made me maybe the flavor of the month of a higher being so it's really i'm it's thanks for thanks for whoever tapped me as the flavor of the month right now to be able to play these impressions. that's right <laughs>
1: So, do you have any spiritual, like, like before I start my day, I meditate, and I, you know, I talk to the higher power because there are certain things that I want to accomplish throughout the day, and I'm, I'm I am at ease with that. So, I consider that to be a spiritual enlightenment for myself. And then I I can move on with my day like I'm doing with you right now. We're having this beautiful conversation, and it's going great and everything. Do you have any spiritual beliefs in something that helps you to be who you are today?
2: Well, you know, interestingly enough, when I was younger, I studied a type of a martial arts that um, is like a combination of two or three martial arts, but it also has Tai Chi and meditation. So there was a time at the end where we would um, sit in that full yoga position and Mm -hmm. we would just sit silently and meditate. And then after like whatever it was, could have been 15, 20 minutes into that meditation, we would then get up slowly and practice a slow form of Tai Chi. And what that does is it's bringing you into the same zone that you're describing when you start your day. And what I found is I usually start my day often with – a sport exercising so it could be like uh, a lot of times I'll, i'm in the mountains and so i'll, I'll start the day with skiing or okay. ski the morning or um i'm also the founder of ski bums for peace
1: <laughs> well tell me about that ski bums for peace wow what is that about
2: Well, what happened was uh, I ended up, I've always had a passion for skiing and I wanted to be a ski bum, so to speak. This is a person who, you know, goes and skis the very best terrain, uh, you know, uh, on the mountain. And he's an expert skier and they, you know, they just, they, they do these wild Things where you hike to the hike to the thing and then you ski down it and all these kinds of things that you know you really have to be an expert skier to do and then you have to be in shape and then you have to know the mountain and that kind of stuff. So I thought I would do that, and while I was out there doing that, you know, I thought, hey, why not? You know, start something called Ski Bums for Peace and try to get my ski friends involved in you know the arts and culture that way as a lead into what I do with Jazz for Peace. And it's funny because uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was on a podcast of one of my Ski Bum friends. (laughs) So So how
1: did you come up with the name Jazz for Peace? Well, the, the
2: name Jazz for Peace comes from a poem That I wrote on 9 11. So, what happened? I was living on the Lower East Side, as I told you in the beginning of this conversation. On 9 11, that's where I was down there. And I was less than a quarter of a mile away from the World Trade Center. And Mm -hmm. when I got a phone call from someone in the morning, that morning down on Wall Street, uh, telling me, hey, you know, I, I don't know what to do, something happened, blah, 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 I said, let me go on the roof and just see what the commotion's all about. I was just expecting. Some someone flew their kite into some, you know, some idiot thing happened. So <laughs> I just went up on the roof and I was like, "Oh my God, what the heck is this?" And at the end of that day, I had nothing but a bunch of words on a paper. And I called that those words on a paper, that poem. I called it "Jazz for Peace." So that's how it all started, right on the right from the adversity. And you know how that works. Sometimes the greatest adversity yields the strongest, you know, what I mean? reaction, the most powerful reaction. So if it wasn't for, well, if it wasn't for 9-11, there'd be no jazz for peace, sad to say.
1: Mm, I can see that. Now I know I may ask this question before, but I'm going to ask you again because it's so interesting to know about, and especially you just educated me about the correct spelling of jazz. Right. Right.
2: Yeah. And nobody knows that. I mean, I found out in Haiti and I you think I knew you think I would have learned something all those years. Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. So tell me, how can someone separate logic from emotion and explore new ways to experience happiness without others, in your opinion, when it comes to creativity, innovation?
2: I'll tell you, uh, you know, oddly enough, while I was in Utah skiing, uh, this was mm-hmm. a few months ago, I got um, a contact from a print, you know, organization, they're called the Enterprise Zone. And they're a print or article uh, company. And they said, we want to do a print article on you. I said, okay, well, what do you want to do? They said, we want to know the five things that make you happy. And I was like, wow, I didn't know I was happy to start off with. But I was like, okay, well, since you don't know I am. <laughs> Let me see what I can do for you here. So what I did was I just took a sentence and the sentence was, and I did it five times. So I did find a blank that works for you and five times and I put five things in it. And the first one I put in it and this is i didn't know myself this well to even do that i you know this was a learning lesson for me i put find find a philosophy that works for you that was the first one and then there's mm. four more that followed and maybe what was an activity or maybe or a hobby was one find um find a pass something you're passionate about something like that i think the last one was find relationships friendships and relationships that work for you You know, and and I put up a paragraph about every one. I know the last one I said, you know, because of the COVID, some people are isolated. They've been long. They've been, you know, find friendships and relationships that work for you. That's one of the five. Another one of the five was that first one, of philosophy that works for you. And and I said, stoic philosophy works for me. Find one that works for you. Here's one that works for me. And here's why. And I put a, a, you know, a a sense about that. So in stoic philosophy, you actually, one of the, it comes from a um, a guy named Marcus Aurelius, who was an um, uh, emperor from Rome for 32 years. And after he died, he was one of the last good emperors. And they're like, wow, they found these writings. He never meant them to be published. It was like his own diary. And in there was all this incredible stuff. They put it with other people who wrote similar things. And they combined these people and called it stoicism. Uh, basically, it says things like, for example... Um, there are all kinds of things in the world that can make you extremely emotional, extremely upset and extremely you know wanting to lash out and all that. But in stoicism actually and I you know I have to catch myself and follow it myself, it says do not put do not use your energy on that which you have no control over. So you see what I mean? So now you're harnessing your energy only to that which you can control. And that allows you to you know, bring your emotions, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Channel your emotions in the right and the most productive way. And that's what I would say is the answer to what you're saying, you know, find a, find a philosophy and a way of thinking that helps you to channel these things you're talking about, your emotions and your thoughts and your path, to channel them in the most economical way so that you can get the most out of your potential. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Great answer. Because that was my next question to you, because I consider jazz being a healthy boundary. And when you are a innovator, Mm -hmm. we all have our opinion. What are healthy boundaries? Can you give me five healthy boundaries that we can let the world know about?
2: Sure. Sure. So um one healthy boundary is um your friendships and relationships you know you want to have um people that respect your uh that re- respect you you know the, you for who you are and what you are you know what i mean right. so if you find that someone is violating those boundaries of respect then you have to make a decision are they making a point and can I learn something from it? And if they're not, and you can't, can't learn something from it. Now you have to, you know, really, uh, make sure that they're not violating those boundaries and causing you trauma and PTSD and all kinds of stuff that people can cause. So that's a very big one, you know? So you have that in your, in your relationships and friendships with others. Um, but another one is, you know, in your workplace, you know, I mean, as a musician, you have to decide, okay, you know, what am I willing to do to, you know, gain income and survive and grow and all that stuff? And what is within my comfort zone, you know, of what I'm going to do? I mean, if it's something that's completely outside of my uh, trajectory as an artist, then there you go. That's a red flag. You have to make these decisions as you go along. Um One of them is, you know, the meditation that you're talking about. So what I will do, like you do with your meditation, that's important for your boundaries. Because see, what you're doing there and what I do myself, what I'll do is I will literally practice Tai Chi at the piano. So I will play that slowly in a meditative form.
1: Wow.
2: (laughs) Um, Okay. <laughs> that puts me in a zone. You see what I mean? But yes. the zones that you're talking about, you know, other people get them by running. You know, they run like 10 miles, but they go into a meditative trance and the fourth mile, you know. Absolutely. What yes. those, What that does is, you know what? That creates a situation where you're not always going to the game, but mm-hmm. you're creating a world where the game can come to you. you. Yes. You're creating you're creating your own little stadium of which others will now want to be a part of, or they'll want to interact with. So now you have two things going on because when you're only working with the outside world, you're at all times subject to all of that craziness. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yes. words, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I have a space here where I'm looking at, you know, posters of Najim Nawabi over there and, you know, all these other people and, if I go out in front here, where you know somebody could be yelling on the street uncontrollably, who the heck knows what they're doing down there? You know what I mean? T- <laughs> beaty wants somebody wants to beat up the fruit guy out front, trying to sell his oranges and bananas. Who knows what they're doing? You know, I'm not. Uh, I'm I'm coming from a you know a, a space of you know I'm coming
1: boundaries,
2: yes. right? And now and now I have a buffer. I'm I'm a walking buffer to all of that. So yeah, it'll affect me, but it's not going to affect me as much as it would if I was coming from another part of New York City where another crazy thing was going on, one crazy thing to another. You see what I mean? I have yes. Yeah. So these are the kinds of things that you need to get into your life that bring you inner strength. And any activity that brings you inner wealth. And that's where that's where I really am way up the scale from because all of these events that I've done not only does the art form of jazz have the ability to have a profoundly positive effect on people. And sometimes I've found that, you know, just the music alone had a profoundly uh, positive effect on even one person. uh, It can be a game changer, but you know, all of the other things that have been involved with, helping these outstanding causes get from where they are now to where they need to be, you know, receiving the testimonials from all of them of, you know, Hey, and you know, they're the ones and they're the ones who get to say whether I helped them or not. And they said, I did help them. So, you know, these kinds of things bring you inner wealth and you want to do that too. You want to be growing from the inside. You want to be thinking of wealth as two things, you know, one of them and probably the most important one is the wealth that you build within.
1: Absolutely. I do agree. Cause I, I now I love all types of music. I I do come from the hip hop world, but as I am getting older mm-hmm. and I am eating differently, you know, I do run, I meditate, and I come to find jazz for me has been really a soothing calm meditator for myself. So what I do in my facility that's what I play. So I notice that when the girls that, you know, that, that come and they be maybe a little angry or a little moody, but when they hear that jazz, I just sit there and I pay attention to them and um, they tend to relax. So that is a healthy boundary and I love it.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I was, you know, this, this morning, cause there's no ski mountain here. So I had to You know, I had to swim, but then I had to do a little workout in the gym. And in the gym, they, for some reason or other, they were playing something that was like, oh, my God, I want to get out of here, but I don't want to leave my workout behind. And it's like a position. (laughs) And if they could have played anything else, it just would have been so much, you know, but there was nothing. I was stuck in this really just uh, it was kind of like sound. I don't know. It was. I was like sound punishment. You know, I was being mm. punished by the sound. You know, yes. And that's just unfortunate. And I think again, people should open their ears to all kinds of music so that they can find out what they really like instead of what you know, such and such that's supposed to be cool or whatever is telling absolutely what like.
1: society. What society puts on us to say this is what's hot, right? Yes absolutely so can you tell me what has been your favorite performance on your tour something that you just like this is my favorite performance this far
2: wow okay let's see um oh my goodness
1: Great question.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. It's bad because they're so different and they're so unique and they're so, they're just so incredibly different one from the other. Um, oh my goodness, there's so many to think of. Oh, you um, haven't had
1: like one that just, you know, like say, like when I'm teaching, it's that oh one day that I felt like I really. Have gotten somewhere? This is it. This was it. That feeling. Or to have, do you feel like that on every performance? Because you could feel that well, way. Well, you know,
2: every single one has completely different parameter uh, of, of of you know, effects. I mean, the one that I was telling you about the Indians in, in New Mexico that I've told on other podcasts was, you know, kind of amazing because Uh, I flew down to New Mexico and everything was going wrong. So everything on that one was Mm -hmm. going completely as bad as it could. The flight was late. Couldn't the rental car had issues. You couldn't find this. You couldn't find that. Uh, You know, like they they couldn't uh, get the paperwork to the rental car, the blah, blah, blah. It was just every single thing. And we were late, late, late. And now there's I've never played with the musicians and Mm -hmm. I don't know who they are and there's supposed to be a rehearsal. Well, now there's not going to be a rehearsal. Rehearsal. Then there's supposed to be a sound check. Well, now there's going to be no sound check. And now maybe there won't be a concert because I don't even know if I'm going to make it to the concert. So I finally (laughs) get to the place. The place is packed. The musicians are on stage. And I walked in, and now I had to just play music because I don't there's they don't want people that are not want to hear they've already been waiting long enough they don't want to hear a story a song and a dance and a big you know I don't want to hear all that I'm just time to play so now I'm playing music with musicians we've no rehearsal we've never played together we don't even know who we we are and the people are going crazy because we have to we're you know everything just has to work now you know what I mean you're not Mm -hmm. thinking you don't have a chance to you don't have a chance to it's just, you, you just have to, you're, you're on another, do you know what I mean? You're, yeah. you're on a whole different plane of emotion. Right. So uh, we're on the fly, you know? And now it comes time to uh, announce the band members, and I don't know who they are, so I'm, like, trying to whisper, Hey, man.
1: your name?
2: You know? And then he's telling me his name and I'm like talking to people and the people are like, why is that guy don't, you know, but I have to do it because I don't know his name. And I'm right. about to announce him. So now I announce his name and then I have to, again, hey man, what's the name of the drummer? You know? And mm-hmm. now there's this big delay because he's saying something that I don't understand. And I said, "Louis, Louis, what? Speaking what? Eat. Louis Speaking Eagle? Yeah. No, I don't want to know the name of the bird. I want to <laughs> know the name of the drummer. What's the name of Louis? What what's his last name? Speaking Eagle's his last name. I'm gonna announce it. Okay. And I had to announce to people that the drummer's name was Louis Speaking Eagle. Eagles. Wow. He was an Indian. He was an Indian. Hmm. That. He's an Indian drummer. You know what I mean? So that's giving you just an idea. That was one concert. Everyone has a story like that, so it would be hard to single one out. But that just to give you an idea of how crazy all the events were. Now, before that, I would often travel with the same band. You know, now, but right. if, I to st- if I want to say one that stands out, okay, how about this one? Um, the concert that I recited the jazz for peace poem. I'll say that. So, okay. all right. So, what happened to that was um, that's the opposite of this now, the complete opposite. What happened with this was, you know, we had 9-11. I had the poem. The whole country closed down for two weeks, right? Mm-hmm. No planes, no nothing. They opened up just in time for us, me and my band of very famous musicians. At that time, I was playing with, you know, my world-famous band. I wasn't traveling by myself, you know, to pick up the musicians to, you know, help these outstanding causes. You know, I didn't, there were no outstanding causes. I, you know, it was just... You know, it was just me and my band. So now I, um, you know, me and these famous names playing with me, get on a plane, go down to Savannah, Georgia, where I'm the headliner at the festival. So there's 8,500 people at this festival. And wow. it's the first event to even take place after 9-11. And wow. what do I have? I have a poem that nobody even knows about. And so on the stage, I was a headliner, too, the Savannah, Georgia. And on the stage for 8,500 people, I, in the middle of my concert, I read the poem Jazz for Peace. And Mm. the emotion of that was beyond anything you can imagine. And it reverberated all the way back up to upstate New York, where my next concert was. And the promoters contacted me and said they'd heard about this poem. And what, what was that all about? And, you know, they keep, you know, all the emotions from people. And am I going to put that to music? Will we be able to perform it at their at their event and all that kind of stuff? So I'll, I'll say, if you want to say like that, because that was the opposite. That I had my all-star band. You know, I didn't have to, I didn't have any, t- no, I, you know, I didn't have any adversity as far as music in mm. yeah, that
1: one. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yep. I can see that.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, I can see that because you caught everyone off guard. Right. I wasn't expecting that. Now, here you are delivering this message and it resonates, Right, you know, with everyone. I don't care because people can be in a bad mood and when they hear something and it's sincere and it just, like, touches you some kind of way, then, Yeah.
2: Yeah, the highlight of that whole festival was me reading that poem because, of course, they all expected great jazz, but no one expected to be touched by the words of, you know, that, that encompassed that what they had all experienced from in their own way from that day and from all the days that followed where they couldn't travel and they couldn't live their lives the way they had been.
1: Yeah. Well, Rick... We can talk and talk. I mean, I, <laughs> it's just intriguing talking to you. Is there anything else you would like to share about what's next before we go and how someone can purchase your music or your services?
2: Well, the best way to get in touch with Jazz as I had mentioned, is to watch your podcast. And if after this podcast, if you want to, because I'm going to play a little something too, so you can hear a yes. little bit of music. Mm-hmm. After that, if you want to do some other research, you can go to our website, which is jazzforpeace.org. You can find mm-hmm. out more about me at com. if you know how to spell my name. Uh, you can even type Rick Dolorada, famous quote, and who the heck knows what will come up, all kinds of links for this and that, I don't even know. But anyway, after you do do that, the best thing to do is... And you, wherever you are, whatever state you're in, we can meet. You know, there's a place for you at Jazz for Peace. Whether you know an outstanding cause, whether you are an outstanding cause yourself, whether you're affiliated one, whether you want to be a part of the movement of helping those who are helping others, you can just send an email of Jazz for Peace, and you'll we'll start including you in the whole journey. Uh, so, um, so that's what I yeah, that's what that's what I would suggest. Yes
1: that's something I'm going to do (laughs) absolutely well Rick it has been a pleasure having you on my show and I do look forward to chatting with you further in the future thank you again and good luck on your endeavors and before you take us away I want to let the listeners know I have reached my destination I am a award-winning author of the new book a journey of a sapphire I hope to inspire others who are on their journey to never give up on your dreams and how to recognize behavioral problems. You can purchase my book by visiting journeyofasapphire.com, also available on Amazon Kindle Fire. And I leave you with this quote, the key to one's heart is hidden in their playlist. Take me away.
2: Great. So I'll be, I'll leave you all with, because as, as you know, I don't know when this will air, but it's, we're in New York now and it's June. So I'm going to start out with a little melody uh, that's familiar. Frank Sinatra sang it at one time. Uh, it's a story about, it's a little song about New York in June. And then I'm going to okay. go from there on this little journey into free JA. I have no idea myself what it's going to sound like. So we'll all find okay. Great. June. How about you? I like a Gershwin tune. How about you? I like a fireside when a storm is due. I like potato chips. Lighting motor trips. How about you? I'm mad about good books. Can't get my fill. And Marilyn Monroe's looks give me a thrill. Holding hands by the ocean.
1: you <laughs> thank you so much it was a pleasure and thank you again for joining me and I look forward to chatting with you
2: okay likewise
1: <laughs> you have a beautiful day okay you too bye bye
0: thank you for listening to All Roads 65 Max Radio with Pamela Henderson join us every other week on Tuesdays 11 a.m. Pacific Time 2 p.m. Eastern Time on BBS Radio Station One And please visit allroads65max.org and become a volunteer or sponsor and be the change you want to see in this world. With your help, we can make a difference in our society and uplift those who so desperately need our help. Thank you for tuning in.